Jason, if you had to give a single reason as to why you buy Apple products, services, etc., what would it be? No, don't answer that yet. Just I think can think about of it for a minute. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all of you out there think about that too, because this is the Gadgets for Families tech show, where two geeky slash grumpy grandpas get together to talk tech. And today, we're going to give you our answer to the question about why Apple? Right? Why do we buy Apple? Why do we stick with Apple? Mm -hmm. I'm Papa Greg. That's what the cool kids call me, or Grumpy Greg, which most others probably say since it's on my shirt today, grumpy old man, but here I am rocking it shirt. So I'm the grumpy Grandpa Greg. And I'm your other grandpa, <laughs> Jay Benjamin. My grandkids don't have a name for me yet. They they just kind of gawk at me and my, my grandson, he'll tap on my leg and usually point at the things that he wants or, or, or on his iPad or something like that. But my wife does have a name for me, and she calls me Grumpy Grandpa to them. So I'm pretty sure that's going to be my name eventually when they start calling me Grandpa. Hey, embrace it. Go with it. I'll have to get you a copy of this shirt. Just, just go with it. Go with who you are, right? <laughs> right. It's who I was meant to be. That's right. Grandkids bring out the absolute core of who you're supposed to be. There we go. <laughs> right. Now, here's the thing about today's topic. When you think about mobile technology, specifically mobile phones, you really choose between Apple, iOS, and Android. And Android's got a whole bunch of manufacturers. And there used to be right. some other choices, what? Windows Mobile, Palm, BlackBerry, of course, which kind right. of started it all. So, but those, they're gone for the most part today. I mean, they exist like there's a spinoff of BlackBerry, but it has nothing to do with mobile phones. Right. It's in a whole bunch of other stuff. So when you think about this decision between Apple and Android, that decision drives your phone, maybe your tablet that you choose to get, mm -hmm. other accessories, and potentially, yeah, 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 entertainment, all that kind of stuff, and potentially which computing platform, meaning Mac OS or Windows that you eventually choose. So the more these mobile phones become the center of our lives, the more we want everything to play nice with that mobile phone. And while you can mm -hmm. play nice between Apple and Windows, it's just not the same. So that's the kind of stuff that, that we want to dive in today. And there really are pros and cons for either Android or iOS. And we'll talk about those. We're going to talk about why we stick with Apple. And as we go through this, you're going to find some tips and tricks embedded in the discussion. And I can almost guarantee there will be some Apple features or services that you aren't taking advantage of today yep. that could help you get more out of life. So, Jason, yep. how does that sound for a main topic for today? It sounds good. I think when we go way back to our first, second, or third episode, those launch episodes, we talked about how people just say, I'm okay. It's just a phone. It makes phone calls. I'm okay with it, but it's capable of so much more and helping you be able to, you know, coordinate with people and, and manage your family and manage your time. You know what I mean? Time management and things like that. Yeah. There, there's so many features that you could be using now that you don't realize that you should be using. And that was the whole point of the show from the start. So sounds like a good conversation. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So that'll be our main topic today. And then in the second video or the post-show video and in the podcast feed, the post-show there, we're going to talk about journaling in day one. I've been hinting at this. I've been kind yep. of saying, hey, we need to talk about this. So we're going to dive into that today because I have paid for the subscription. I'm like 10, 11 weeks in on using this thing. And I think it's 
fantastic. So yeah. we're going to talk about that in the post show. Now, before we dive in, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. It's just down below the video. All the YouTubers point down however they're pointing, right? <laughs> Whatever. Um, remember, we're grandpas. We're not, we're not the cool kids. Yeah. And uh, But that'll really help get the word out about the show. Hit the like button. Drop us comments. We look at every single comment that comes in. We respond. You can put suggestions for topics down in there as well. You can do that in this video, any of our videos, or on the website. And there's links in the description to do all of those kinds of things. Yeah. Last week, we had a little different episode. Uh, I got really good feedback in person from folks that listened to it. They enjoyed the topic. It was on mm -hmm. digital nomadism. It was less techy and a little more philosophical. And then I dropped the audio into my Leaders Lift podcast feed. That one's on hiatus. So I just kind of cut out the tech parts and put the audio in that feed and got really good feedback from folks there too. So we do listen to your feedback. Please continue to share it. We'll shape the show and the topics around what you want to see, what you yeah. like. So uh, yeah, just use YouTube if you need to. Just go down and drop a comment for us. Right, right. And like I said, you jump in that comment section, we'll, we'll respond and, and we love to hear it. We want you guys to join that conversation. So uh, thanks for everyone that, that gave feedback. And uh, yeah, yeah, we look forward to hearing more. So we're going to dive right in. We've been doing this show a little bit different now. We kind of put some of the follow-up and stuff towards the end. So yeah. let's just dive right in with why we buy Apple. And Jason and I have a few things, integrations, the ecosystem, and a feature called continuity that we have in common for why we, um, why we buy and stick with Apple. So we're going right. to hold that one. We're going to talk about some of the smaller topics first. So Jason, why don't you give us your first one? Yeah. So. I saw this and like you said, we'll, we'll get into continuity and, and integration and stuff later. But um, I would say the number one reason why I buy is because of iPad OS and iOS, right? These operating systems have came a long way from not being able to copy and paste. Remember? <laughs> Remember those days? Remember not being able to take pictures or no not app store. Pictures? No app store. Yeah, no app no store. No copy and paste. No yeah. copy and paste. It was uh, only pictures for a while, right until the 3GS, I believe. Um, it was only, no, it was only pictures, no videos, right? And and yeah, they, they came a long way from basically just a phone operating system, right? You had a fancy camera. You had a fancy calendar, fancy looking calendar. Remember, it looked like, what was this, the skeuomorphism? It looked like an actual calendar and planner that you had on your desk and the uh, contact looked like a uh, a little contact folder and stuff like that. So now, with the App Store and and just the ton of features that they've added, it is really a complete operating system, right? It is a mobile operating system on your phone, on your iPad, but it is every bit as powerful as a desktop in certain aspects. You know what I mean? And uh, it it just came a long way from from those early beginnings. Remember when? Before it was even iOS, it was called iPhone firmware or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something. And remember, everyone who owned an, an iPod Touch used to have to pay for the updates. A lot of people probably don't remember that. That was a, a, a strange little period in history over a couple of years where you had to actually pay for your, your updates. And, and uh, yeah, it was really, really weird, really, uh, really awkward situation. But they kind of unified all of that. And they said, hey, let's just put iOS. On both of these devices and just give the updates that are appropriate for the phone and the uh the ipod touch at the time so 
yeah, it's came a long way from those those uh those humble beginnings to what we have now. So iOS and uh, iPad OS are some of the uh, uh the main reasons why I stick with Apple or I buy Apple. Let me riff off that one a little bit because my first one kind of that we don't have in common is simplicity and mm -hmm. this is a tale of two two iOSs and I don't know when you want to put the division there but at at one point iOS was super simple right. right I mean you could find everything you needed to most of the new features that they add were intuitive and so that's one of the reasons that I like it it's mostly simple Right. If you just want to use the built in stuff, you just want to use the basic features. And Apple does a reasonably good job of setting default settings for the masses. Right. Yeah. So if that's what you want, this definitely has a leg up over Android where you're going to need to kind of customize it from the beginning, even if you want to keep it, right. keep it super simple. So it's mostly simple. And that is great for most of my clients. Right. Not my consulting clients, but everybody that relies on me to keep their devices up and running and where they need to be. The fact that the vast majority of things are super simple um, is, is great. Not as great for me, right? Because I like to push the boundaries a little bit and see what I can right. do with things. But it's absolutely great for them. But as they continue to make the operating system more and more complicated, this one goes away a little bit, right? It's less mm -hmm. and less simple. Um, you know, one of the things I would really, really like is to not have the same icon grid on our home screen that we've had since day one right and yep. be able to do some different things and now we can do widgets and, and a few things like that but most of the people I, that have phones around me don't use the widgets they mm -hmm. don't use any of that kind of stuff they are just super happy with that same grid they know exactly what it looks like right. they know exactly where i got my wife to use folders that was a that was a step but most others just don't. So simple for most people to use. I can customize it a bit that I want to. Right. So that's one of the reasons for me. But unfortunately, as the operating systems get better, they also get more complicated. Right, right. And, you know, we mentioned this before that this is the problem when, and we'll talk about how these systems kind of overlap now, but when you you force people so long to do without a certain thing, a certain feature, widgets or things like that, and you give them years and years and years of muscle memory from placing apps on certain screens, and then you upgrade your phone and the restore process is so simple that you grab the phone after the restore and it looks exactly like your previous phone. Everything is where it should be. When you add new features in, people are so used to doing without it. You know what I mean? They don't they never get around to using those features. So it's kind of a downside too from from not giving us widgets years ago. Right. Yeah. People gotten so used to just using that app grid. And then, you know, they folders have been around for a while. I'm surprised she's just getting around to using folders, but you know, I can see a lot of people not taking advantage of it because we didn't have that from the beginning. And discoverability is a problem, right? right. I mean right. um the more you add in, the harder it is to discover things. And every time they do a new OS release, they try and put a welcome screen and walk you through some of the big things. Yeah. But if you watch any of Brandon Butch's videos, right, I mean, he can sit for hours on a new full release, right? talking about every little minor thing that's changed. And iOS 17.4 is supposed to come out. The Golden Master, I think they're saying, will drop today, which means okay. next week we'll probably have 
the full release. And it's got a whole bunch of stuff around the European regulations that Apple has to deal with. Yeah. But it's also got brand new security features. It's supposed to be one of the largest point releases that Apple's ever done. And if you don't follow stuff like you and I do, if you aren't subscribed to our show or to the Mac Rumors or 9to5Mac or you know, mm-hmm. whatever the case, or Brandon Butch or stuff like that, you're just not going to know, hey, what's new in this? Yeah, I'm going to do it because Apple says I need to because there's security updates, but I'm not going to pay attention to what features are there. So that right. is a challenge. Um, and hopefully folks follow the show, right? So that we can help them out. What's your next one? So my next one is safety and security, right? Now there's always going to be exploits and workarounds. And Apple's really good about every few weeks giving those security patches and stuff. Remember, they kind of split it away from forcing people to wait for a, mm-hmm. a major update, right? So two weeks after an update, you can get a security patch that'll, that'll kind of patch some vulnerabilities or, or things like that. So there's always going to be something like that going. It's always going to be a cat and mouse game constantly, which is a good thing. You know, and I'm not going to get into the reason why that's a good thing, but for companies yeah. to always have people trying to, trying to hack and trying to, um, exploit their OS is just a good thing for the future. But with that being said, I don't live in constant, you know, fear that my information is always at risk. Right. Now you and I, we're kind of paranoid when it comes to personal info. Right. So we're we're a little bit more protective than most people, but you know, I think about folks like my wife and and my my kids and, and things, they're not walking around with under a constant threat that someone's trying to access their, their information. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I run some systems in my home that that I am always constantly worried about, right? Uh, my NAS and the operating system on there. A um, couple of uh, Windows computers, which really get turned on, but you know, I'm, I'm constantly, you know, worried about if there's some kind of new threat or whatever to try to pull that information. So, um, just not having to worry about that with iOS and iPad OS, and to a certain extent, Mac OS too. That uh, Man, it just gives me a peace of mind, you know. Now, again, they're not foolproof. They're not 100%, you know, uh, uh, safe. But, um, yeah, you're just not being under constant threat all the time. You know, you still have to protect yourself, but just not as much. Don't click on the text link that I got this morning at 645 from some random iCloud message place that said my package had arrived at the warehouse and I needed to (laughs) click on a link to confirm the address right. that's not how the government works right so yeah. yeah yeah i mean you can still get that kind of stuff and so for me mac os is probably my least secure it's still secure yes. right but it's less secure than the ipad and the iphone for sure mm-hmm. or at least there are more things that could target it and i do worry a little bit more of that, about that one of the reasons why i wish i could just work 100% off of an ipad cuz i'd feel more comfortable yeah but my bigger thing is my grandma has a Mac. She has an iPhone. Mm-hmm. And I worry a lot less about her getting her bank account information taken or right. something like that. I mean, last time I had to do maintenance on her computer, she had a whole bunch of garbage in her history and her web browser was running low, not because it had malware or adware or anything like that, but just because of all of the places that she had been. And yeah. You know, she spends a lot of time online and stuff like that. And so you clean that stuff out. It's not harmful and it goes away and you're good to go. Yeah. Um, it's just not yeah. that way. She with... had forever compromised her computer yeah. with stuff that constantly re- 
reinstalls and recreates itself yeah. like it does in Windows systems. Yeah. Yeah. You're less likely to accidentally go to a website and get some malware if you're using a Mac yeah. because there's so many things. There's so many layers that that program has to go through to actually install on your machine. So right. especially the way we can set these up for customers. So yeah, definitely right. security. And remember, by default that. too, like we talked about those default settings, like right out of the box, I believe it only allows apps from the app store, right? You have to from the app store, in. or if you go to download something, it's going to make sure that it is um, signed by right. Apple. I can't remember right. what they call it. There's a name for yeah, what they just call an authorized it. Notarized. app. Yeah. Notarized. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, and that, but that's what we're talking about. Just that that simplicity to just you know, you know that there's nothing she can click on that's going to install something that she doesn't want to install. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. By by accident or in the background or without her knowing. So, yeah, yeah. yeah safety and security is big. Don't click on emails. Don't click on this other stuff. Don't open, you know, Facebook stuff like my mom's passed away, you know, eight, nine months ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. And somebody was sending out invites from her, from a new account that said it was her. Right. And right. stuff like that doesn't matter what platform you're on, but as far as getting stuff by accident, so much less risk here. All right, Jason, uh, you've got one more on your list and then we're going to dive into the big one. So what's the last one on your list? Right. So I mentioned on several different occasions, my love of these devices, right? The way they're constructed, all right? And it's the main reason why I go caseless on, on my phone. I just love the, the design, that Apple design that they put into their products. Now, not all of them make the list, right? Not all of them are, are, are perfect. I, I think we've said several times whenever an app or, or something is released or even in the betas, that something is just not Apple. Right. It's, it, the product is just not Apple enough or it's not it, it just doesn't seem like something Apple would do. Usually it gets updated and refined and kind of streamlined during the beta process or whatever. So when the software is finally released to the to the to the general public, it's it's Apple-esque. But as far as hardware goes, I can remember the devices that made me fall in love with the hardware. Right. Of course, the original iPhone, which is this iPhone right here. Nothing like it. We had seen anything like it. You know, all the phones looked a certain way. They had a flip screen or they had a keyboard on the front. And then Apple released this and it kind of changed the whole industry. Um, the same thing with the um, um, with the iPad. Right. But I can remember the devices that picking them up. I was like, wow. And that was the iPhone 4 and the 4S with that glass back. That was the whole iPhone gate situation where they yeah. had the the uh you're holding the, it wrong yeah yeah the, well they had the whole situation with the employee leaking it or leaving it in yeah. the bar oh yeah and they had the security apples and, and yeah. yeah apple's uh uh security go and and to this guy's house and it was a big thing it was almost like i'm pretty sure we'll see a movie about it here in a couple of years but man the four and the 4s were some beautifully made devices right the original ipad we had nothing like that before Right. We knew we heard about tablets and, and we had, you know, smaller um, laptops with, well, I wouldn't even call them laptops. They were desktops, but they were just all in one desktops where they had all of the brains and the uh, the processing power behind the monitor. And it was just a thick monitor. 
but it looked like Apple went right into Picard's ready room and pulled that pad that he would do his yeah. briefings in and gave it to us. So the iPad, that original iPad, and then it followed up with the iPad 2 and then remember the Retina iPad gave us that beautiful screen on that same device and I was just blown away. So, and again, that created my love for Apple devices, right? And since then, the way that new Apple TV looks, you know what I mean? That perfect little hockey puck looking, well, square hockey puck and and uh, just so many devices that I can name. But there are some misses for me, right? Those those AirPod uh, Maxes that you're wearing, that was a miss for me. The HomePod, <laughs> the, the big one, that was a miss for me. So I don't love everything that Apple does, but at least the products that I do love and I use, um, I love the design. You know, I love the effort that they put into manufacturing these devices, yeah. the materials they use. I don't like the iPhone 15 the way it looks, but I love the thought of using the titanium and, and things like that in these devices. And, and you know, not necessarily from a renewable standpoint, you know, we all need to work towards, you know, uh, better in ourselves when it comes to that. But, you know, just the aluminum and stuff that they use is the, the, what do they call that? The unibody design when they make these yeah. MacBooks and they use just one press piece of aluminum to uh, to make these things. That is amazing. And and yeah. I love it. You know, and that, that keeps me coming back for more. Right. I own every form factor of the iPad, maybe not every generation, you know, when they do an update and they keep the same form factor. But um, whenever they change it, I, I I have to have that newest one, the latest one. So looking forward to next month. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, more to come on that. There's more rumors coming out. I'm sure that'll be on the list for next week. But yep. um, so, Jason, just so you know, I do go to church with no case on my iPhone. Okay. Less, less uh, risk of dropping. No rear screen protector on. I haven't put a new one on yet. Okay. So when I go. Because safe, right? Yeah. Well, I just haven't put it on. Okay. But it's that glass back with the matte texture. Mm-hmm. That's pretty darn nice. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I know I, the design of the HomePods isn't the best. I mean, even the HomePod minis, fine. The big HomePods, the thing about the big HomePods and these AirPods Max is while the design could be improved mm-hmm. for what they do, they actually do a really good job. I've got a stereo pair of the big HomePods on our giant 4K TV in the main room. Right. And they're just nothing compares to watching TV yeah. on that screen with those stereo speakers put in place. So, yeah. So what about you? Well, you have one more for us? No, I don't. We're going to jump right into, let's jump into the number one. It's my number one reason for doing this. And Jason has some pieces, bits and pieces of this together. But number one for me is I'm going to label it this way and I'll kind of just talk about what this means. And then mm-hmm. Jason, you can jump in yours and then we'll jump into the one feature we want to talk about here. But, The Apple ecosystem is the main reason Mm -hmm. that I stay in this. And when I talk about the Apple ecosystem, I'm talking about all of their hardware and all of their software combined, right? It's all of those things. And all of it works together in some way, shape, or form and to varying degrees of success, right? I think, you know, we talked about you know, a few months ago, we talked about some of the issues I was having with my HomePod minis and them getting mm-hmm. locked up and stuff like that. That's gone away. So they've fixed all that stuff in the back end after yeah. they did those OS releases in September. So that's gotten better. But if I think about what I've got, I've got MacBooks and phones and tablets and HomePods and Apple TVs 
and all of it just works in some way, shape, or form with the other pieces. You know, I've been doing a lot on my Switch lately. I'm in second round of the playoffs in year two in NBA 2K24, I'm just saying. <laughs> but um, it's weird that when I switch over to that device, it is a physical and a mental shift, right? Because mm -hmm. anything else that I'm on, if I'm watching a movie on my iPad or whatever else, there's this mental shift that happens like, I'm listening to music, but I'm playing on my switch and I'm like, oh, the switch isn't connected to my AirPods, right? So it's right. not going to switch there. Or I get a text message and I can't answer it on my switch, right? There is this thing. And so this ecosystem about everything working together. And one really good example of this is AirPods, which you and I both yep. love, um, whether it's the Macs or the AirPods or the AirPods Pro. You pair those once to a single device that you have. Right. And it's paired to everything, including your MacBook and the Apple TV. Yes. Right? Yeah. So it's one single thing. On the flip side, if you remove it from one, it removes it from all of them. So that's yeah. just a, this good example of this ecosystem. And nothing and else then, does that. Nothing no. else does that like the AirPods. I mean, it is seamless between multiple devices, your phone and your, your iPad and, and everything. And you don't have to go to Bluetooth and say, connect to this. Unless right. there's some connection issues or something like that, which happens from time to time. But for the most part, like they always say, it just works. And, and they don't switch automatically, right? I mean, if I get a phone, if I'm listening to music on my Mac and I get a phone call on my phone and I want to answer it on the same headphones, it just switches automatically, right? Mm -hmm. And part of that's because odds are if you own an Android phone, you probably got headphones from a different manufacturer. Right. Right. Now they're compatible, yeah. no problem, probably sound good and probably cheaper than Apple, which we'll talk about, but they're not the same manufacturer. So it's just this concept of everything kind of all working together. Mm -hmm. Now, the last thing I want to mention about the ecosystem, and then we'll let you dive in on your piece, is I got thinking about this yesterday. Um, I don't have to worry if I lose a device that everything's gone. Right. Right. Or if, let's say my MacBook crashed. Yes, I'd have a hard time doing this podcast, but I could still do meetings with my clients. I could still handle my workload. I just wouldn't be doing it on my MacBook. Right. And you just can't yeah. say that about other platforms unless you're really storing every single thing in the cloud. And that's how Apple gets around this, right? Is, is everything is cloud sync and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if I have a Windows machine, from, um, you know, whatever. I don't even know who makes them anymore. But if I have a Windows <laughs> machine from, you know, from HP, a they're still making them. Yeah, uh, I have a Windows machine from Dell, and then I've got my phone from Samsung. They're not gonna back up and support each other like that. Yeah. So that's the other thing I got thinking about the other day. Is I thought, oh, it's really not that big of a deal if I drop my iPad in the tub. I've never done that before, have I, Jason? Yeah. Well, um, it, it you know, took a bath a couple of times. Four or five times. <laughs> but uh, you know, if I do that, I don't have to worry about everything's gone and I'm without right. computing. Right. So that's the Apple ecosystem. It's all of this stuff that works together. It's the services in the background. Yes, you pay for those. It's the syncing stuff. It's the hardware. It's the software. It's the operating systems playing nice together mm -hmm. and all of the other things that they do. That's this ecosystem that, that I think is the number one reason I stick with Apple.
Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we talked about integration in the ecosystem, you know, just all working together. We mentioned several times, you, you know, me always ranting about battery life, but how they make the hardware and the software just works so seamlessly together that it improves battery life without waiting on battery manufacturers to to improve them. But, you know, yeah, just always feeling like the, the, the devices are connected somehow. Right. Even if it's just simple information. Uh, you get a text message. Well, my phone is across the room, but it's coming to my watch. You know what I mean? Um, I forget to turn on focus mode or something on my on my iPad or or you know what I mean or on the MacBook, and I can just do it from the iPad. I forget the name of the little menu in the top. The control center. The control center. You know, you do it right from control center on the device that's in front of you. It's being able to work and get the things done with whatever device you have that's nearest to you. You know what I mean? That that's one of the coolest thing, and and uh, you know we talk about being connected and HomeKit. You know keeps me connected to my home. You know I, I I tell you when I'm away, I feel naked whenever I can't get in contact with the house. Whenever I don't know what's going on, and not this is security cameras, but you know we have the the uh, the the temperature systems uh, sensors and stuff in here, the motion sensors and things in the house and. And uh, yes, like my NAS and, and uh, um, the doorbell, you know, being able to be at a market and using my phone to ring up a customer or something. If someone rings the doorbell and I'm able to communicate with that person, see him and talk to him from my watch. And um, man, I guess I just can't think of any other ecosystem that will allow you to do so much. I know there's some integration with, you know, Amazon's ecosystem and, and Google, Google Home and Google Nest and things like that, that'll allow you to do certain things, but not on the level of integration that, that Apple has, right. you know, keeping you connected to your home, keeping you connected to your laptop that's at work, keeping you connected to your iPad and your son's iPad while he's away at school, something like that. It's just, it just gives you a sense of connectedness that I love. And that's, and that's this, one of the big things, you know. HomeKit is a good example of Apple not having to make the hardware, right. but giving other companies the opportunity to hook into their ecosystem. Yeah, It's not quite plug and play because Apple doesn't play like that, right? Yeah. But once you've designed something made for iPhone, right, or you've designed something that's HomeKit enabled, right, compatible mm -hmm. with HomeKit, then the user that buys that security camera or that doorbell, if it's HomeKit enabled, doesn't really have to know a ton about the security camera or the doorbell. No, they just need yeah. to know how to run HomeKit and how right. to do stuff on their existing devices. And they go, oh, now I just I can see my doorbell. So my yeah. mom and grandma and uncle had a ring uh, doorbell. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have one and I use it. It's not I don't have it integrated with HomeKit or any of that. Kind of, I don't even know if you can, but it's fine for me. Um, but like my wife got signed out of the account at one point and she just never bothered to sign back in. Yeah. And so I was, you know, closing out my mom's accounts and stuff like that. And then, so I saw that that one was coming up for renewal and I called my grandma and said, Hey, do you want me to renew this? And she's like, Oh, we took that thing down a long time ago. <laughs> right. She got tired of dealing with it. It just didn't play with her phone. Nice. Right. right. I mean, if it was a fully integrated or if we had gotten it fully integrated, maybe it would have been different. But yeah, she just, they take it down. But Apple's HomeKit and Apple's ecosystem, there are things that can plug into that ecosystem. Now, manufacturers and then consumers are going to pay the price right. to be able they to do that integration. Right. Yeah. I mean, you buy an MFI labeled 
you know, charging cable or connector or adapter or whatever the case may be, it's going to be more expensive than the generic knockoff on yep. Amazon because they're paying the licensing fee to, to Apple to be able yep. to use their technology. But like you said, for the most part, it used to be more true than it is now. Once you get in, it just works. Right, right. And yeah, you don't have to know anything about it, right? You, you open a HomeKit device, whether it be a doorbell or a light bulb, it has a QR code on it. All you have to do is know how to open your camera and scan that QR code, answer a few questions, and it's, it's on after that. So really simple, really, really easy. So um, another thing, too, we, we briefly talked, touched on it, and, and um, I know I mentioned it earlier, but being able to pick up where you left off, if you lose a device, right, if you decide to upgrade a device, that restore process, not even just the restore, but that onboarding process, right? The the initial setup, it's so easy and streamlined now that man, you basically just take your new phone, set it next to your old phone, and it says, hey, do you want to switch everything over to this new one? All they have to do is be in range of each other. Yep. I mean, that that is magical, you yeah, know, when grandma- it comes to technology. My grandma used to go like six years in between upgrading phones. Right. And I'd basically have to go get the phone and say, here, this is what you're using now. Mm -hmm. Because she's like, I don't want to use anything different. I don't want anything different. And now she is like three years in between phones. But she realizes that when I give her a new phone, it's just going to be the exact same phone she had before. Everything's going to work the same you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, now it's going to work faster. It's going to work. If I get her to a 15 or a 16 or something with the, instead of the mute switch. Right. And it's got the action button or something like that. I might have to work through that kind of stuff. But as far as her being, as soon as I hand it to her and say, it's good to go, there's no learning curve. There's no new, nothing that she has to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of those things. It just occurred to me. We, neither one of us had it on the list, but man, that restoring, yeah, and and the onboarding, the I say onboarding. That's such a an enterprise thing to say. That initial setup, <laughs> right, right, is uh is so streamlined. It's you know, you take it out of the box, answer a few questions. If you can read it, walk through those steps, you're up and running in in minutes. And that's just not yep. the case with a lot of other. And for of those of us systems. that have a whole bunch of folks that depend on us to help them do that, it's no longer a hey. I'm going to start it now. Call me in the morning yep. and we'll finish it up. It's <laughs> right. you're good to go now. Right. Yep. Or you will be in an hour. So, and so that kind of leads into the big thing that we've been wanting to talk about for a few episodes. And this is concept of continuity. Mm-hmm. So con- I'm going to put a link in there. There's a whole thing from Apple. This is direct on Apple's website, but continuity is basically, if I think of it, it's this concept of how all of the devices work together. And yep. things can go from one device to another. Okay, so what I want to do, I'm going to run down through this list that we have or that we have here in the show notes and kind of talk about these features that maybe you're using, maybe you're not, and that are all part of continuity. So think about this as my Mac talks to my phone, which talks to my iPad, which talks to my TV, which talks to my HomePods, mm-hmm. right? All of this stuff together. So first, you mentioned this, original iPhone, did not have copy and paste. Nope. It took forever to get copy and paste. <laughs> but now what we have is I can have my iPad phone and my MacBook up and I can be 
looking at a web article on my Mac, copy the text from the web article, use Sidecar, or not Sidecar, use Universal Control. I mix those mm -hmm. two up. Use Universal Control, move my mouse over to the iPad, to my notes app, click and paste. So I copied on my Mac, then I use the mouse on my Mac to navigate over onto my iPad and yep. paste the text in something on my iPad. So that's copy and paste plus universal control. Right. I do this every morning in my study right now because I'm using my Mac for notes and I've got my scripture study and personal study apps up on my little iPad mini on a stand right next to it. And so I'm just moving the mouse over and it's pretty cool because I've got a little animation where it looks like it's pushing through like a, a layer of skin or something like that, right? Yeah. So it kind of has to, yeah, kind of force it through and then it drops over and you're over and you're good to go. So that was one of the first ones. Do you use this copy and paste and universal control, that kind of stuff at all? Not as much. Copy and paste, definitely. Not as much on it because I'm, I'm really on a, on a Mac anyway, right? I'm, I'm mainly iOS but um, and uh, iPad OS. But yeah, it's almost one of those things where you think it wouldn't work or it shouldn't work like that, but it does. You know what I mean? And, or and it like should take said, forever, right? Yes. It should take forever because you would think, okay, it's going clear to Apple's, Apple's servers in Cupertino, mm -hmm. and then it's got to come back down to my device. So, But it's instant, right? It's yeah. Command-C, click. Even if you're not using universal control, I can Command-C on my Mac and hit the paste icon on my phone, yep. and it's there. It's instant. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I say it's almost like magic, you know. That it's it's surprising that it works and works so good, you know. It's yeah. one of those features that that really work. And it used so, to break, but it doesn't break as much anymore. I don't have problems with it not recognizing that I copied something. Right, right. So, so I'm going to take this next one. It's on your list. I'm an AirPlay OG. I've always from the moment they announced airplay i was on it right and i started buying devices and, and things like the old um the speaker system in the garage is not a garage or outdoor speaker system it's a um a sound bar you know that, that you put under under the uh the television or whatever and i uh, had it for years had it for years and when i bought it made sure that it was compatible with airplay now i use a different method to play uh music and stuff in the garage now but airplay was one of those things what so what it does is it allow you to wirelessly stream now this was before um what is it the casting thing before uh from yeah. uh, google chrome chromecast. It was before yeah chromecast it was before being able to um do videos and stuff uh, uh like we do now or screen sharing and things from the phone but then it was just audio it would allow you to just play audio from your phone, you know, from your 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 iPod uh, music list or whatever on any speaker system connected to your home network. Right. Yep. It was the coolest thing ever. And uh, it's improved over the years to the point now we have AirPlay 2, which allows you to do video and, and uh, more advanced audio and stream to multiple channels and things like that. Multiple speakers from one device. And man, yeah. it, it is just, it's awesome. It's one of those features, like you said, that we don't think enough people use it or even are aware that, that, that uh, you're able to do it. But let me say this. If you've purchased a TV, I want to say within the last few couple of years, right? Not a used old tele television, but if you purchase a 20, 
21, 22, 23 model television, more than likely it has AirPlay built into it, right? Yep. You don't realize that you can do it, but you can actually go to your phone now, choose AirPlay, and your television should show up, and you'll be able to, you know, stream music and uh, uh, and even video in some cases directly to that to that television. Yep. So really cool feature. Screen sharing too is another is another thing which is kind of built into like the whole airplay system but screen mirroring right you can yeah. screen mirror your your iphone screen or your ipad screen to your television and watch those youtube videos or tiktok videos or whatever it yeah. is that, that you're watching and uh yeah that that's a that's a really big one and it's all part of this continuity uh, uh yeah. ecosystem that they have yesterday in church we had a uh teacher and there were four presenters and mm-hmm. um we had to bring a portable tv into the room and one was connected using a lightning to iphone adapter and another one was connected right. using hdmi and i'm sitting down in the audience with the remote control of the tv switching between inputs right to right. make sure that the right <laughs> thing comes up and all that kind of stuff contrast that with a few weeks ago when i taught the sunday school class i had my macbook Airplane to the Apple TV that was mm-hmm. mounted on the wall, so right. no wires whatsoever, sitting on a desk where I couldn't even see it, and I had my iPad in my hand, remote controlling the slide presentation right. on the MacBook that was displaying on the TV, including vi- embedded video and sound. That was super cool. And we've got another teacher, so it's a Samsung TV, and we've got another teacher that's in the Android ecosystem. And she'll be teaching and she'll just look at her husband and say, pull up that video. And he'll, because Samsung's, Samsung's got a version of this connect right. stuff too. Right. And he'll just go in and wirelessly put it in there. So just like with MagSafe, where I want no power cords, I also don't want any media cords unless I really, really need high resolution, low latency. But for any of those kinds of things, it's just not, not right. a big deal. Right. So, and you're right. Everyone has their own version. and manufacturers are including all of those versions because like i mentioned about the televisions this is without having an apple tv but you can screen mirror to let's say the lg tv that i have um but you can also do google's um chromecast or casting or whatever and the same thing with samsung devices and stuff too so yeah really cool feature take advantage of that if you hadn't and uh but first and foremost your computer your, your television has to be connected to your wireless network Right. Otherwise, it's not going to get any. Your TV kind of does, but if you have an it's, Apple TV, it does not. Right. The, the Apple TV doesn't because it's and that's the great directly thing over AirPlay in church for us because I don't want that TV itself connected to the internet. Right. And I don't want the Apple TV connected to the internet at church because if you've got hoodlum kids running around because most <laughs> kids are hoodlums at some point, I don't right. want them going in and pulling up content. Yes. On there. So these things are not connected to the internet other than when I go in and do updates and stuff like that. So definitely an advantage there. Yeah. Now, another one that's sort of related to this that I'm taking advantage of right now, and I'm hearing more and more people take advantage of this is continuity camera. So the ability to use your iPhone as a camera, as a webcam Mm -hmm. on your Mac. So right now I've got mine connected just because I was having some problems with it this morning. So I connected it just to speed up the troubleshooting process. But I can do this wirelessly, too. Yeah. So if I think about like when I recorded that show last Thanksgiving, when I was down at the um, campground, 
I don't have to take a web camera with me. I don't have to you're use right. the camera that's right down in front of me that would make it so you're looking up my nose right. all the time, right? <laughs> I just have my iPhone 12 Pro. I really would like to use the 15, but I keep it for communication stuff. But mm-hmm. it works just fine. And it's consistent and it's good enough quality. And I've got, I know some other podcasters that are starting to get into video more and more. And they're like, I'm just going to get a refurb iPhone. And I'm going to use that as my web camera because like even this 1080p Logitech that I have, it's just, I mean, you've seen the difference. It's terrible. Right. And Apple finally put a 1080p. I wouldn't say terrible, but the iPhone is just so much better. Yeah. I mean, it'll work for a Zoom call. But yeah. for publishing something in 4K to yeah. to YouTube, <laughs> no, right? I mean, Apple finally put a 1080p camera, I think, in this MacBook that I have, but it's still not the same. We're going to get 4K quality yeah. out of this recording, and this is on a three-year-old, three-plus-year-old iPhone. So that's yeah. another feature of continuity. It's called continuity camera. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one is the being able to unlock your devices, which are with your watch, right? And and I say devices, you can't do your iPad. Well, it has space ID or, or touch ID, depending on the model you have anyway. It doesn't really need it. But let's say your Mac, um, which a lot of models don't have the touch ID on it, and uh, none of them have face ID. So you turn it on, and it unlocks with your Apple Watch. You know, you get yep. the little click on your Apple Watch. No other device manufacturer does anything like that. That I can think of, I mean, you know, I'm yeah. pretty sure there's some some kind of hacky, you know, uh, um, you know, workarounds that that you can use for other devices or Windows devices. But um, yeah, you open your laptop, it unlocks with your phone. I mean, I'm sorry, with your watch, and and you're off yeah. to the races. That is that is a really cool feature. Yeah, this is how I know when something's gone wrong with continuity and handoff is when um, my MacBook doesn't unlock when I touch the touchpad with my watch. Yeah. Is it'll just say I need touch ID. And great, but I know a lot of people use their MacBooks in clamshell mode. So it's closed. So you don't mm-hmm. have the touch ID sensor available to you. So fine. Just unlocks with the watch and it is pretty much instant too. So yeah, I mean I love I love that one. Uh other one here on the list is sidecar, the ability to use your iPad as a second monitor on your Mac. So if you travel with a you know eleven inch MacBook Air and you've got an eleven inch iPad, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you've got twenty two inches of mac monitor yeah. right so that's called sidecar that one's available to us this other one jason i'm interested because i mean you don't use your mac a lot but sms and phone calls across devices so yes you know my mac doesn't have a cellular connection um my ipad doesn't have a cellular connection but you can set it and i've refined mine a little bit you can set it so that anytime your phone rings you get a phone call on all your devices yeah, And SMS, not iMessage, but SMS, like somebody Android texting me. You yes. can also set it up because those normally would only go straight to your phone, but you can also get them on your Mac or on your iPad as well. I've turned off notifications and I've turned off the phone connection on my Mac. I just don't, don't want to take the phone calls directly from my Mac. I'd rather have my right. phone pick them up and stuff like that. But that's still pretty darn cool right if the phone's mm-hmm. in the other room and i'm just or i'm outside on the back in the hammock working on my macbook and i don't have my phone with me for some reason i could take the call on my watch i could take the call on my ipad i could take the call on my mac right. if i wanted to and most importantly i'm going to get all my messages everywhere no matter right. where the message comes from 
even your, even your text messages. And yes, this Correct. is this is something that I use a lot when it was working. <laughs> so we yep. talked about you know it works when it works. If it doesn't work, and it hasn't been working for, hmm, it's been a, it's been a few months. So basically, what's happening is that it's telling me I can't make a phone call from my iPad, <clears throat> which I try to do all the time because I need to be logged in to the same iCloud account. But it is the same iCloud account. These these hmm. are both my devices. And uh, try logging out, logging back in. Uh, just hadn't got around to contacting Apple support. I'm pretty sure they're going to say, have you logged out and logged back in on all of your devices? Uh, yeah. Yes, I tried that. Now I need you to fix it. So I just hadn't got around to having that S- argument. Sounds but- like somebody's going to be starting from scratch on the new iPad in March instead I- of restoring. I think so. Probably a good I-, I think idea. so. Yeah. 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 So whatever are- whatever's going on is some setting that that's... That's getting saved yeah. with my, you know, my restores and backups. Well, that also sounds like every once in a while, it seems like my MacBook doesn't realize that it's connected to everything else. And mm-hmm. I had to do it this morning even. So I have to turn handoff, which is part of continuity. We'll talk about that next. But I have to turn handoff off, reboot the Mac, turn it back on, and then restart my phone, my iPad, and my watch. And then all of yeah. a sudden, everything plays nice together. Like focus modes don't run across. And so that's one way I can tell or again, that my watch doesn't unlock the Mac. And so what that's called on the Mac is handoff, and that's this communication thing. So one of the good examples of handoff I like is I could be listening to something on my AirPods Mm -hmm. on a walk and walk in the door and want to pick up exactly where I left off, whether it's in an album, a playlist, or a podcast. And I can walk up to my HomePod, tap my iPhone onto the HomePod, and it'll transfer the audio that I'm playing right to the HomePod and just keep going now on my stereo HomePods that are sitting in my yeah. bedroom, right? That is really so cool. I don't have to restart the playlist. I don't have to figure out where I was or any of those kinds of things. And it's any audio that's playing on my phone. So that's the handoff. Handoff is also required for things like copy and paste. And then the other day I thought this was super cool. I took a screenshot on my Mac and drug it into day one on my iPad while I was watching a video nice. and dropped the screenshot from the Mac in day one. Yeah. Right? So I've got all kinds of stuff going on. I'm watching a video. I take a screenshot. I move it from one device to the other and drop it into a non-Apple native app. And it all works just yeah. like there's... And I didn't even... That wasn't even copy and paste. I mean, literally, I took the screenshot on the Mac clicked and held, scrolled over to the iPad, went into the app where that was, and dropped it. This was yeah. not copy and paste. It was literally drag and drop. I mean, that is handoff at its finest. Right. And, and even third-party developers are taking advantage of that hour. So I like that. Yep. AirDrop, Jason, I know you use AirDrop a ton. We, I use AirDrop almost daily for... Content creation with with my with my with my wife, you know, she runs the um, the social media and stuff for the uh, the company. So she's always needing um, pictures or videos or something from my phone or my iPad or something like that. And when we're out and uh, in public, and I've, uh, I'm pleasantly surprised too the amount of people who take advantage of it. Right, yeah. we were on vacation a, a few weeks ago. We were on a cruise, and I recorded a video for some people we were on an excursion with. And they all were like, pull out their phones, like, hey, can you airdrop me that? Can you air, airdrop me that video? And I'm like, good. Everyone's using this. This is so right. cool, so convenient. Instead of having to, 
you know, get someone's email address and, hey, I'll send it to you whenever I'm in Wi-Fi or something like that. I was able to give them those videos that I took, you know, right then at the moment. And yep. uh, I love it. I love it. It's so convenient. It's, it's, it's just a convenient way to share information, whether that be contacts. Uh, also, I get asked every event, every um, every um, any anything that we're at, I get asked about our tent. We have a really nice looking tent. It's my board cube that I always talk about. And now we have a mini version of it. So it never fails. Someone comes up and they say, hey, where did you get this tent? And I say, the guy's name is Shane. Shout out to Shane at Master Tent, by the way. The guy's name is Shane. Let me airdrop you his contact information. Yep. And everyone with an iPhone, they get airdrop. Everyone with an Android, of course, I have to do some kind of old fashioned Grandpa text, text message. Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah with the program gets people. used a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. So one more on here. I mean, there's a whole bunch of these. And what I would hope is that you went, oh, I didn't realize I could do that on yeah. at least one of these. And this last one is instant hotspot. And this one can be a little flaky sometimes. Um, but this is the idea that if my phone data plan has hotspot capabilities, that I don't have to do anything to connect my Mac or my iPad mm -hmm. to it. I just go into Wi-Fi and choose my iPhone and hit the button and I'm good to go. No password, no, none of that kind of stuff. It's just an instant, instant connection there. And I use this quite a bit when we're out mm -hmm. camping, right? Because I don't want my Mac or my iPad always connected to my phone because I don't want it to constantly be drawing down the battery or right. the data allotment and all that kind of stuff because it's not unlimited data, even though they say it is. It's really yeah. you get so much and then they take they you back you to down. snail speeds. Yeah. <laughs> but this is just really cool, right? There's no worrying about passwords. There's no, oh, the network password changed. None of that kind of stuff. It's just, boop, boom. Now, you can yeah. still connect other non-Apple devices to your hotspot, but you're going to have to have a password. Yeah, right. you have to do the normal Wi-Fi connection thing. But with your Apple devices, it's just instant connection. Have a nice day. Right, right. And also sharing sharing those passwords, too, when someone yep. wants to connect to a network that you're connected to. They have yeah. an iPhone or whatever. You can hit share password. You don't necessarily have to know or remember the password to give to them. Just share it with them. Yeah, I think I get that once a week or once a month at church. Right. Somebody's forgotten because there's a public version of the network and then there's the one we use for all of the, the internal logistical stuff yeah 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 so all right let's let's shift gears let's wrap this up then jason with okay. what makes it hard to buy apple and you and i put the same thing first so go yeah. ahead I'll, I'll let you have the honor of this one so it's almost always the cost right and you know me and and some of our listeners, they know me. I'm frugal, 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 not cheap. I'm I'm frugal, and sometimes it's hard to justify the cost of the device, right? If we can't yeah. get multiple purposes out of it, if I can't hand it down to, you know, or or you know, pass it along to someone else when the next version comes out or the next one. Um, remember, I always use that gold um, aluminum Apple Watch that I got. No one wanted it. No one wants my Ultra. You're right. It's too big for everyone. So it's hard to justify those those huge uh, price tags for some of these devices if I'm going to be the only one using it or I can't use it for something else after I'm after I'm done with it. Like the yeah. the iPad that we use as our HomeKit iPad. Right. That was an easy, easy purchase because once it's done, you know, it, it can be yeah. used for something else. So it's almost always the cost. 
And the next thing with that cost, sometimes it's just not enough value, right? It's not enough. Of course, I want the latest and greatest, but on that release cycle, they just didn't give me the features or it just mm-hmm. wasn't enough in the update to really make me want to pull the trigger. So um, those two things, just the cost is, is you know, especially when deal. it comes to phones and iPads, right? And right. Especially the phones, right? Because they are so slow to gain groundbreaking new features now, right? Yeah. We've kind of hit peak smartphone. And that's the other thing. I mean, I put here first is if you put aside the costs of flagship mobile phones, mm-hmm. right? Because Android's flagship, regardless of the manufacturer, OnePlus, Samsung, doesn't really matter, right? They're mm-hmm. going to run on par cost-wise with an iPhone. Their yeah. flagships are. But like you said, I want the big phone. Nobody else in my family wants the big phone. Right. I wanted the bigger watch. Nobody in my family, as much as my wife has trouble keeping the, the she's got a Series 6 or 7, whichever one it is, mm-hmm. right? As much as she has problems keeping that thing charged and remembering to charge it enough so that it doesn't die by the time she gets home from school, she'll never go with the Ultra. Right. Right? She's just not going to do it. And so that I call the power user piece. Right, is that if you are a power user, you get an iPad Pro. Mm-hmm. I want the iPad Pro. We both have the Ultra. We both want the big giant phones. Right. And it just hits that point where family goes, Yeah, I don't want that, but yeah. I still need a new phone. And so everything's costing more to buy things for the family. And then you don't, as power users, we can't hand down. Right. We can't right. hand down our devices. And sometimes the trading values are okay. They're never great. Sometimes yeah. the trading never values great. are okay. Yeah. But you're just not gonna do that. So that's one aspect of it. And then the other thing, um the other thing I have besides that is if you're a power user, mm-hmm. it gets really hard. You outgrow Apple's default stuff yeah. very, very quickly. And then you either have to get real geeky and know how to program shortcuts or use Apple Script on the Mac or stuff like that, and or you have to find niche apps, which means now you're paying even more, right. right, to have all these apps. That's fine in some cases, but in other cases it's not. So those to me are yeah. kind of those, they're related, right? The cost right. and then being a power user gets more expensive, both because you're buying the highest end hardware that maybe nobody else wants, and you're also probably having to invest in other services. Yeah, that base model is really for us. It's really for us. I'm going to struggle with this because, you know, I I think about having to pay three or four thousand dollars for an iPad Pro Mm -hmm. and I want to. But then I look at paying half as much for the iPad Air, the 12.9. And I think, is that a better value for me? Right. Because nobody will want the 12.9 Pro. Well, Dustin. Yeah, maybe. But he most likely would want the latest gen stuff. So I'm really, I'm buying it and they're going to have to wear it out or I'm just going to have to know I'm going to lose half of the value on trade-in. Yeah. Or do I go with the air that is more likely to be handed down to somebody else that may want it? So those, those conversations are, are in our heads, right? Mm-hmm. Are not as easy as they used to be. And yeah. then you got to think about this. Both of us are doing this. I mean, I'm the one buying this stuff for the grandkids. I got three grandkids that are coming up now. And yeah. It's just, it just can be super, super pricey. If I think about all the Apple devices I have in my home right now, that's a lot. It is. It is. 
So you mentioned something, though, that brought me up to my next point is wearing these devices out. You know, sometimes and this may not be a good thing for Apple, but some of the devices are made to last. Right. We want the latest and greatest. We always want to be on that that next device. We want those latest few features that they add when it's you know enough to justify the cost. But for the most part, you buy a phone, you can use that phone for a good five, six, seven years and get really good use out of it. The same with iPads. You don't necessarily need the latest iPad. You know, I'm thinking now even the M1 iPad is still a really good, useful device now, right? It's a device you can hand down. Grandkids can use it. You know, you get a new uh, new model comes out in a few more years. You bump that down and whoever had the oldest device, you know, you can take that, sell it or trade it or whatever. So it may not be good for Apple's profits, but the devices they make, they're designed to use for years. You know what I mean? So sometimes the device that I'm on, you know, we always say, you know, and multiple YouTubers and, and content creators say, if you're on an M1, you don't need to go to an M2. Right. If you're on an M2, you don't need to go to the M3. Wait till there's an M4 or M5 and then jump over to that. You know what I mean? So a lot of times, you know, when we're when we're weighing the the, uh, uh, the the cost of these devices, sometimes the device you have is enough, you know. Right. And Apple just announced um, with 17.4. Apparently, the iPhone 15 Pros, I don't know which models, right, are going mm -hmm. to be, they originally said that they were good for 500 complete charge cycles, that they would retain 80% of their value for at least 500. Now they're saying it's 1,000. Wow. So you, a... And you're not going to run one cycle a day because this is going from zero, right, yeah. from 100 to zero. And then back up to 100. So, I mean, I've had this phone, this 15 Pro Max. I've had it since um, September, right? Mm -hmm. So you figure October, November, December, January, five months. And I'm at 70, right. right? So you're talking the battery, which is actually the easiest part to replace on a phone, can yeah. last for a 1,000 charge cycles, probably longer than most people are ever going to keep right. their phone. <laughs> Right. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, this stuff lasts forever. And if it's only an incremental upgrade, it's hard to justify another 1500 yeah. bucks. Right. So, I mean, I went from the 12 to the 15, 12 pro to a 15 pro max. Yeah. And that was significant, but you're on a 14 pro max and you didn't even think twice yeah. about the yeah. 15 pro max. I still love it. You know, going, it reminds me of that one device that I keep tell, mentioning was the uh, iPhone 4 and 4S. It just, it looks like a bigger version of that phone. Right. So, you know, I love it. But What else you got the, for us? The, the, yeah, to finish up with that, uh, with, with cost, while we're talking about cost, sometimes the device is just not for me. You know, I mentioned earlier the AirPod Maxes. I never, never had any kind of thought that I wanted those and was actually surprised when you said you wanted them. And you bought them and you love them. You use them a lot. I was really surprised that them. you wanted some. I've been using them more lately. Yeah. It's just yeah. every time I put them on and I turn on a lossless song that I really enjoy, it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. It reminds yeah, you of why you love them so much. You're absolutely right. It's just not. Yeah. And, you know, here's the other difference because I see what else you've got on the list here, right? You've got HomePods, for example, on your yeah, list. Yeah, HomePods but was never for me. You're much more open to mixing and matching ecosystems. 
and yeah. figuring out how to make them work, right? Yeah. And I am just, just not, right? I just don't want to do that. Now, you and I were talking about this before we hit record today. I might have to get more comfortable with this when we start talking about um, doing Internet of Things in my right. RV, and then, yep. right? Because I just may not have, there just may not be as many things. So, but that's, that's a bridge that we'll cross to, but... I mean, you're using some of the Amazon products for speakers and yeah. for other stuff. There Home are plenty of people stuff, that yeah. love the Sonos ecosystem, and it's all AirPlay compatible, yes. right? But for me, it was just like, I just am going to buy the the Apple stuff because, again, I just I know exactly how it's going to work, and I just didn't want to fiddle yeah. around with it. Yeah, and and yeah, just devices not being for me. I think about too the devices that I'm never going to buy. Well. At least for myself, like I'm never going back to an, a regular Apple Watch. I'm always yeah. going to stay on all of the Ultras, and we missed the Ultra too, right? You and I both said it just yep. wasn't enough to get us to jump on it. Uh, never going back to a regular iPad. I'm always going to buy a Pro for myself, and I'm, if I can't I'm hand that, that down, one. Yeah. I got the debate yeah. on that one at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, I'm um, with you. Yeah, never going back. Uh, same AirPods Apple TV, versus AirPods versus AirPods Pro. Right. Yeah. There's just enough in the pro versions that you're just gonna Yeah, yeah. Never going back, skip this that last means version. More, more money. Yeah. It's and all that's what more Apple money. wants. That that's what Apple wants. Yeah. So but yeah, some sometimes the devices are just not for me and just not worth paying that extra. Uh or paying the not extra, paying the total price for it, you know. So yeah, cost is always uh, the the main factor when it comes to not buying these devices any final comments then jason we i think we can wrap up at this point yeah yeah well you know i just have here no, no matter what platform you're on i know fomo is a thing right people feel like and and i i think i don't know for certain because i don't have any friends that do this but i'm pretty sure people go back and forth because they feel like they're not getting everything that they want out of a certain ones like they jump back and forth between android and ios but these companies they they have somewhat of a universal feature set that they give us, right? They know what customers want. Google knows what their customers want. Uh, Apple knows what their customers want. And we all kind of want the same things. So don't think that you're missing out on, on certain features and things like that. Now, don't get me wrong. Apple does things a bit smoother, <laughs> a bit more polished in, in, in many uh, respects than, than uh, Android does. But, you know, there's... There's a way to figure out a way to get the job done, to do the things that you want done on, on any uh, ecosystem. It's just uh, instead of having to hodgepodge and like mix a bunch of apps and, and services and things to get your job done, um, some of these ecosystems like Apple, just it's all built in. You open it out yeah. of the box and you don't have to download anything extra, pay anybody else a, a secondary subscription or something for. It just works. So. Um, as long as you're getting and using then that's what we want here. That's that's our whole goal of the show. So no matter if you're on Android or iOS, uh, as long as you're getting the most out of it, then, then I'm happy with it. So as long as you're getting the experience that you want, then yeah. we're all for it. So. Now here's my final tip. Let's say you're just figuring this out or you just got married and one's Android and one's Apple and you want to consolidate or... You know, you're trying to think about how do I make things easier on my family or I'm going to be buying my first home or my first getting into my first apartment or whatever the case may be. And you think 
this is what I want. I want this ease of use. I want this continuity. Right. I want everything to just work well, but I'm young and can't afford it, or I just can't do that. Start small, mm -hmm. but go look for the Apple refurb stuff. Go into Apple's refurb store. Phones, tablets, Macs, find the refurb stuff. Uh, Best Buy open box. Another great place to look for stuff because they have the Geek Squad go through and certify some of that kind of stuff. And you can buy different levels of things like that. So, yeah. you know, that's what I would say is if you just want to get into this, then just start there and probably start with the phone. That's where most people probably need to start. And you can definitely get the refurb phone with that kind of stuff. And um, that would be my advice to you because, again, cost. We are not discounting the impact of cost. And it was one thing when I worked for the nice big Silicon Valley tech company, I was less concerned. I wouldn't be having the debate about the iPad Air right. versus the iPad Pro if I was still at that jobby job, right? Yeah. It just wouldn't be, <laughs> it wouldn't have been a debate, but it is right now. And so we recognize the cost is there, but th if this is where you want to get to, um, check out the refurb stuff. Yeah. And Apple will take trade-ins on, even on Android devices and other places will too, Gazelle and you know, some of those kind of places where you can do trade-ins and stuff like that. And if you have a specific thing you want to ask us about this, again, drop a comment in the video. We'll respond to it um, or let us know. So, All right. Well, that's all we have for today. Jason, you got a heads up for us for next week's show? No. Nope. Still thinking. Still thinking. There's a couple of things I want to cover, but, you know, usually you'll send me an article or something or we'll have a conversation during the week. And I say, you know what? We need to share that with the world. Which is how that that the nomad thing came into uh, the tech nomad came into yep. uh, came uh, became an episode. So, yep, still thinking about it. It'll be a surprise next week, but I guarantee you it'll be good, just like today. All right. Well, stick around if you want to hear a little bit more about the journaling stuff that I've been doing. Uh, if you don't like the sound of my voice, post show might not be for you because I'll probably do a lot of talking. Although I know Jason's going to have questions for me. Yeah. So uh, don't forget to do all the things. Hit the subscribe and like and comments down below right uh actually there's probably videos to the right to the left to subscribe and to relate a video uh, yeah. whatever we're not professionals at this stuff we do this for us first and foremost but we want you to get the most out of it but interact with us in those comments that would be great um and with that jason you got a closing for us nope that's it We'll, we'll go back to the original. Cool podcast closing, guys. We'll see you cool next week. Cool podcast closing. <laughs> Except for this is no longer just a podcast. Now you got to say cool tech show closing. Cool tech show closing. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us for this second video this week. This is our post show in the old podcast world, but just a second video for us here. And right. we're going to talk about day one in journaling. Now, I've been doing some sort of journaling, mm -hmm. uh, like gratitude entries every day for a couple of years, at least now, and then weekly journal entries, almost weekly, um, for about that same amount of time. So that's kind of my background, um, uh, you know, wanting to document experiences and yeah. I don't know whether my kids would ever want to read it or anything like that, but Jason, do you do any sort of journaling? No. So, and you got me interested in it. And, you know, we talked about journaling in the past, even before, uh, you know, the, the journaling uh, uh, app with the iOS and uh, day one and stuff. But, you know, I never got around to and never done anything like that in my life. Now, I did realize the power 
of writing down goals and stuff a few years back after talking to a few people and and you know starting a business and things like that i realized the power of of putting your thoughts into writing and stuff like that so i i think that it it could only be a good thing you know yeah. if if i do decide to go down the road and start journaling and stuff like that but um uh, yeah yeah you, you know we talked about it before and i just never never got around to doing it never chose an app never put anything down i have been writing a lot lately mm-hmm. i've been using when did it you start? to when did you start i mean i'd have to go back and let me see if i've got it so i started in one note let me see if i can but it was as an I adult can... not it not like you didn't start this in college and or no, something like that i mean i would have had um, or on your mission or anything well we did do a little bit of journey journaling on missions okay um, but I mean, like I've got a journal notebook from 2020 in one note. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's been in the last decade really okay. that I got into doing it consistently. I mean, I used to do some paper journals and stuff like that at one point, but never anything yeah. like this. So, but you know, this concept of putting things down on paper, I'll talk about it in a little bit, but I've been doing not just short journal entries. Like I'll be struggling with something in my mind and I'll just sit down and I'll open journal entry and just start typing. And I do long form. Yeah. Um, and I've handed, sometimes I'll hand it to my wife cause I want her to understand what's going on in my head. Most people should never, ever, ever <laughs> want to know what's going on in my head, but she's married to me. So she doesn't have a choice. So, right. She so yeah, know how I started, to process those things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, you know, I started with OneNote and then I've used Apple's notes and then, you know, Apple released their own journal app and they've got the API, which is a big deal. So just to recap those two things, and this is where I would recommend anybody start. Mm -hmm. You've got an Apple iPhone, just download the journals app and start there right? because you're going to go in and it's going to prompt you and say, hey, you went, you know, we took the kids to Olive Garden on Saturday for lunch and. So it prompted me and say, hey, do you want to write about this? And so I did. And if you take any photos, it's going to pull them in. Mm-hmm. And like yesterday, we had some church leaders there and they handed out magnets. And instead of me keeping the magnet, my wife has it. I just took a picture of it, straightened it out and all that kind of stuff. And then I was able to put it in my notes from church because it's a photo that I took. And so right. it's automatically doing that. So Apple's journal app will prompt you to do that. But it's super, super, super simple. It would not be conducive for long form writing partially because it's only on the iPhone. It's not anywhere right. else, right? And even with day one, which is what I'm using now, the prompts that it has don't show up on the Mac or the iPad. They only show up on the okay. iPhone. So the API is not crossed there. So that's where I would recommend folks start. But I purchased an app called Day One. It's been around for a long time. It's actually a Utah company. They got bought. Um, and the company that bought them really has left them alone and just kept funding okay. them. And Which so, usually works best when it comes to technologies. Yeah. Let, them, yep. let the people work. Give them the money yeah. let them work. <laughs> and I'm paying for the subscription. I think it was $35 for the year. I'm paying for it because I can have an unlimited number of journals. Mm-hmm. Right? So if I were to pull it up right now, I have a gratitude journal. I have... Uh, a placeholder journal, which is kind of cool because if you just randomly throw something in or I can send a text message and it will drop something in there or an email, it'll drop something in there. So it's kind of a placeholder and then I move things out of there to where it belongs. Um, But I've got a gratitude journal, my weekly journal, which is when I write on Sundays, 
a daily journal. I've got one for work thoughts and then for some other personal stuff, just mm -hmm. things to think about. Right. So it really has become kind of my, my note taking app, but I can have, because of the subscription, I can have an unlimited number of journals. Um, as a premium user, I can create shared journals that non-premium users could share into. So okay. like I could use this. We're not, we're using notes to deal with all of our transition stuff that we're working on right now, selling the house and that kind of stuff. But I could in theory do a journal there. I get tags and I get the synchronization and backup across all my devices. And then I think I even get a discount if I decided I wanted to print a book, right? Of yeah. that kind of stuff. So So but before you before you move yeah. on, multiple journals. So what are you using multiple journals for? Like you have one for your church stuff, one for like selling the the home, that, so that's what that I, stuff or? No, what I've got, so I've got all my gratitude entries are in a single journal. Okay. So I can click on that right now and I can see 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, right? So I can see all of those in a single location. My okay. weekly journal is going to be seven days apart because I do it on Sundays. And then my daily journal is where I respond to the prompts. I put my study notes from the morning, anything mm -hmm. else, like thoughts that I have. Like I've got one in here that's, uh, there, I had a thought about quiet quitting, which is an enterprise phrase that's going on right now. And so mm -hmm. I just have thoughts. I just drop them in there. But I guess really I wouldn't need those. I could label them because you can put subject lines and stuff like that. And I can put tags like keyword tags in, which okay. I'm doing pretty extensively, especially in my study notes and stuff like that. But those okay. are all the, those are the reasons that I do it. Plus the synchronization across all my devices, right? If I just wanted, if you just have a phone and only want a single journal, you may not need that kind of stuff. They will put limits right. on the number of photographs you can have in there, of the amount of media that you can store and stuff right. like that, which grows totally to makes size. sense. Right, yeah, right? you can make it yeah, too yeah. large to, to manage, yeah. But for $35 a month, I mean, it just, it totally made sense. Um, you know, it totally made sense to me right. to do this. So here's from their website. When you do premium, uh, let's see, unlimited access. So uh, unlimited photos, unlimited videos, unlimited audio recordings, unlimited devices, unlimited journals, voice to text transcription, um, custom colors, email entry, text entry, you know, all of those kinds of things. Those are all going to come mm -hmm. with, with premium. So okay, you can do PDF embedding. You can do drawings. You can scan. You can use the camera to scan for text. Um, you can automate your entries. Like I could save all of my Instagram posts right into day one okay. if I wanted to do something like that too. So plus then you can customize all the reminders, how often you want them. And you get 25% off of any books that you want to print. So okay. those are the premium features. So it makes it, it makes it like we talked about earlier with the devices and stuff. So the uh, the value that you're getting by paying for the subscription puts it well above just using the default uh, yep. uh, Apple journaling app. Okay. And that, and that yeah, makes I a mean, lot of sense. I do long form on the Mac. I'll do the daily. So I have a reminder set at eight o'clock in the evening to mm -hmm. do my gratitude entry and to respond to any of the prompts that come up. And I do that on my phone because usually I'm laying in bed at that point watching something or doing something. And so I'll just grab my phone and right. do that there. But for the other stuff, I'm using the Mac for the long form entries. Now, if I get an iPad Pro with a keyboard or even an iPad Air with a keyboard, I'll probably start doing the long form okay. there. Um, the Mac app is not the greatest 
Uh, it seems like it's pretty, you know, generic and straightforward. So, but it's built to be a mobile app, which is usually yeah, first, yeah, yeah. right? We saw that shift yep. years ago where people shift from desktop apps to the mobile app right. being the focus and the desktop app yep. being more of a secondary. Yep. So, before we move on to, are there any other subscription levels? Like, are you on the entry level, the mid tier, or is there just one subscription and you get all of the feature set? Nope, that's it. So you're okay. either entry level and you can do it. I think it's like two journals or something like that. Or you is that go the up free to the level? Or? Yeah, free. Okay. Yep. And there is a free month trial for uh, for the premium. Okay. So, now you can also do two ninety. It's like three bucks. Uh, uh, well, it comes out to um, it comes out to just under three dollars a month, right? But they only have an annual subscription there may be some other things that are in the in-app purchases stuff like that but this just made yeah know, just i just spent the money so yeah yeah it's also available on ios android and mac so if you did have an android device mixed in here you get that it's also on the apple watch where you can do quick entries and stuff like that too so mm-hmm. here's here's the here's the bigger part so this is the non-technical piece of this this is why i think journaling is important and why i think it's it's um more powerful than maybe people get it give it credit one you can get your thoughts on paper right and if you like to actually write and you have an apple pencil you can write and it'll transcribe it to text or you can actually do the drawing mode right and actually Mm -hmm. put in your own terrible i can never do my handwriting because i can't read it so um you can do that you can put in drawings and stuff like that so getting your thoughts out on paper the long form stuff that i've been doing becomes a form of brainstorming Right, as we're trying to think of this transition to a different part of Utah and maybe a different career path for me. And then there's the what does my wife do for job and yeah. you know, all of these different kinds of things. You know me, the way my brain works, there's just so many paths and so many thoughts going through my head that being able to put it down in long form works. And I don't know why I just seem to like to write when I when I go into notes, I tend to bullet things. Okay. And make it outliney. When I go into day one, for whatever reason, I tend to just write. Okay. And so it's more narrative. It's more long form. And that is much more helpful to me. And actually becomes sort of therapeutic. If I'm super stressing about something, I can get it down on paper. And I come to the end and I write, this is why I shouldn't stress about this. There's something mm-hmm. about having written that down and gone through that process, putting it into digital format, right, that helps me work through that. And I would never do this on paper because my handwriting's terrible and <laughs> I don't here. like to do that. But yeah. if I can just sit down with a keyboard, then that I'm willing to do that. So the, this has been therapeutic for me, brainstorming, getting my thoughts on paper, and then working through problems and potential solutions. And then I have it, right? I don't have mm-hmm. to think, okay, yesterday, what in the world was I thinking? Well, I can go back and read. And because I'm doing more long form, I've got more of the context versus just here's the bullet point. And I could look at a bullet point. Like I did this the other day. I looked at a bullet note that I had for something Mm -hmm. and I went, what in the heck was that all about? (laughs) Couldn't figure it out because there was no context around. So, you know, we mentioned earlier too, um, how, you know, we, we've used a certain app or a certain device in a certain way for so long, for so many years that it's hard to figure out a different way to use it. Right. Or they add new features in. And even though the notes app has, become really powerful you know from what it was remember it was just basically a post-it note on the phone 
uh, I see you're still having a problem with that transition, trying to go to using it for something more than just outlining notes or uh, yeah. sticky notes, like as we used to call them on the uh, you know monitor on your screen. I've got two years worth of journaling in there, right? So I do have entries, but I never used. So yes, my weekly Sunday entries I did in there. My okay. gratitude journal I would do in there, but I never did this brainstorming writing as therapy sort of thing, mm -hmm. working through problems, long form kind of stuff. I just, for whatever reason, I couldn't or didn't do it there. And right. I don't know why. So you found it easier to transition over to this one to do stuff like that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just some sort of a shift that's happened. I don't know. You know, I've heard people talk about the Vision Pro, how they've started to associate certain environments that they dial into, like Joshua Tree or Heliocala mm -hmm. or whatever, right? Right. That right. they've started to do certain activities with those environments dialed in, and now it's got a trigger in their brain yeah. that says, "Okay, I'm I'm looking at Joshua Tree now. I need to be writing an article." Right. You know, and, and I maybe can see there's, that. Yeah, yeah, maybe there's something that, or maybe if I had, I had the month subscription, right, mm -hmm. or the month free trial, and I wanted to see if I was really, really, really going to do this. And so I was putting all kinds of stuff in there. Anytime I wanted to write about something, I thought, I'll, let me see if I can put it in day one. Right. And so maybe that's what pushed me over the edge. Apple's app is free. It's never going to go anywhere, right? I don't <laughs> right. have to and worry it's about it. they're going to improve. They're going to add yeah. in features and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think maybe I did that and it just got me over the hump, right? Got me across that line that said, okay, now I can do all of this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So... I, I like it. If you are, you know, if you're thinking about getting into journaling, start with Apple's journal app. If you yep. want some of these other benefits that I'm talking about, I'd suggest you find another tool. Now, day one's what I've chosen to go with. I'll go with it at least for this year because I'm paying for it. Um, you know, maybe longer term, I'll have, I'll go back and pull key experiences out and want to put them into a journal and have mm -hmm. a book printed. And I can do that through this. And all that kind of stuff. But if you really just want to be able to get your thoughts out into something, I really like the way right. day one does it. I have other things I want to do with it. So right now when I do my morning study, I'm marking things in the app on my iPad. I'm putting some things in, I'm putting the more, they're not quite as deep notes in Apple OneNote, mm -hmm. like about a certain verse of scripture or something like that, right? I'm just putting what I, what I understand that verse to mean. But yep. in day one, I'm putting my thoughts. How does this apply in my life? What could I do with this, right? How could this make my life better kind of stuff? Eventually, I want to pull notes out. Right. Right. And not have to put it in three places. Now, the nice thing about putting it in three places is that um, it really reinforces the learning, right? I mean, that happens with anything. It doesn't yep. have to be w whatever you're learning. It'll really reinforce it. But I'd like to get in uh out of that stuff out of notes um i'd like to do the shared journals at some point right and uh kind of like shared photo albums i think that would be kind of cool for you know if we're going on our we're going to try and do a two-week anniversary trip this year yeah. you know i wouldn't mind having a shared journal where both karen and i are putting in our experiences and cool things that happen during the day and pulling the photos and everything all into a consolidated place i can get the photos into notes mm -hmm. But it's not nearly as easy 
to do that. So those are some of the things that I'm hoping to try out and do with it as we go yeah. through the rest of the year. So if someone were to ask, what should I be journaling? Right. And, and I know th- this post show is about your experience and we're, we're talking about you, but we also want people to, to, to maybe consider going down this road. What should somebody be journaling? Easiest thing are key moments in life, mm-hmm. right? Important events or big things. And we usually take photos and that kind of stuff, which is, again, why I love Apple's journal app or day one is that if I took that photo of that key moment, I can pull it in. Right? Yeah. Like when we went to Rodizio, which is my favorite restaurant for, we took the whole family there for Christmas, right after mm-hmm. Christmas, right? I took a picture of everybody at the table. And yeah. so the prompt was, hey, here's this picture you took. And so I was able to write, this is what we went to. And, you know, it's my granddaughter's favorite restaurant now too. And she ate three chicken hearts, which I found amazing that this five-year-old was eating chicken hearts. <laughs> right. And right. ate three of them. Didn't just eat one and say, yeah, it was fine, but ate three of them, kept asking for them. Yeah. You know, I can write about those kinds of things. So I think those yeah. big moments in our lives. The other thing that I would suggest people think about are those thoughts that you don't want to lose, the thoughts that you want to save for later, and those things that you're trying to work through that maybe you don't have somebody to share everything with. I mean, I share as much as I can with my wife, but sometimes I need to work through things in my head, right? Yeah. Before I'm ready to talk to somebody about it. And so um, I kind of wonder what it would have been like if I had had this when my mom and dad passed, right? What would the prompts have prompted me to do and to, to do some of that kind of stuff. So key events in life, key thoughts that you have, um, and then things that you want to work through that you want to put down on paper or save for later, those kinds of things. I think those are the three things that I think people should, right. should start with. And honestly, I think if you start with Apple's prompts, you'll start thinking of other things that you want to include. Now, the, the last one maybe that I'll do, and there's a, a psychologist, I'm not a psychologist, psychiatrist, I don't know which one he is, but mm-hmm. Sean Accor, um, he's got an amazing TED talk and he talks about happiness. And one of the things he talks about is that our brains are actually wired for negativity and they're wired yeah. for fight or flight, right? To avoid right. danger, all of those kinds right. of things. They always so, take the easiest, the path of least resistance. Yep. yep. So one of the things he talks about is if you want to realize how good your life is, start writing down three things that you're grateful for or three things that are happiness focused mm-hmm. every single day. And if you do that long enough, you know, 28 days to start a habit, right? But if you do that long enough, it actually starts to retrain your brain to look right. for those things. Cause you don't want to get to the end of the day and think, oh, I can't think of anything. Right. So eventually it retrains your brain to start looking for the positive. Yeah. And so that's another potential benefit of doing this, which is why I have multiple journals, right? I write, my gratitude stuff in the in the um, in the gratitude journal. I put my daily entries, which includes prompts and study notes and anything I can think of during the day that I want to do later. I put yeah. that in the daily journal, and then my weekly journal entries, which are just one a week. I sum up some of that other stuff, so I'm going back through those other entries and mm-hmm. writing this stuff down, and that may give me different insights. And you know, here's the thing: not to get off on too much of a rant, but I think too many people aren't deliberate about their lives. Right. And you, and <laughs> if you listen to Leaders Lift, which I know you did, I probably mm-hmm. use that word deliberate in every single episode 
that I publish. But I think pe- too many people just go through life, right? They aren't yep. deliberate about the past. Like you said, writing down your goals. But it's not just about your goals. It's about what happened today and how do I make tomorrow better than today was. And if you journal and gratitude and do some of these things and document some of this kind of stuff, you're much more likely to think about it and be deliberate about it versus just letting it go. Yeah. Right. So go with the flow. Yeah. yeah. I always hear people say, I just go with the flow. No, that's no way to live. No. And, you know, the other thing, and sometimes we get caught up in this too, is the you do you is okay if you're being deliberate about who you are, right? Right. And what you want to do. If you're just going to say, I'm just going to be whatever my environment or nature or whatever makes of me, that's not why we're here, right? We are here to be our best selves, to get the most out of life. So to me, journaling is a way that I get more out of life than I would if I didn't. I see that, like you say, people who aren't deliberate and, and the ones that just go with the flow, I see it every week with my, I call them coworkers. These are other small business owners or whatever that I'm at an event with. And so many of them are there for the wrong reasons or don't even know why they're there. They're just there to, because they think I'm, I just need to make extra money and they're not deliberate about anything. Even if you don't want to journal with your personal life and your personal experience or, um, your thoughts and feelings, at least do it from a business standpoint, right? Talk about or or journal about where you are currently in your journey for your company or your business or whatever thoughts that you that you want to have. And yes, those goals and stuff and and where you want to be in the future. But how are things making you feel now? How do you feel about your the current point that you're in in your journey? You know, now start journaling things like that. And then look at it in, in five or six years or next year or however long it takes and say, okay, this is how I was feeling at that point in my life. And it may help you get through that next point or that next, uh, you know, that next obstacle or things like that. So, yeah, I think journaling, not only from in your personal life, but from a business standpoint, would help out a lot of my uh, coworkers, other small business owners and, and uh, things like that. So. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. What what else do you think you can I'll put a just to wrap up, I'll put a link to episode forty four of Leaders Left. It was on the power of journaling. Right. I'll put that in the show notes. Um the other thing I would say is I am trying to use journaling as a way to not overthink things. So, you know, okay. I have a tendency to do that. <laughs> we I both have a tendency do <laughs> to want to have the perfect plan. And yep. every single, um, every single contingency in place, right? And to know that um, everything's going to work out. And so I'm also trying to use journaling as a way to push some of that aside because I yep. need to do a little more go with flow, go with the flow, and be a little less deliberate in my own life. And if you were to read through some of my journal stuff, you would do that. The other night, Karen said for one of my journal entries, "says Boy, your brain was busy." <laughs> and she would know that can be taken to extremes too. So, yeah, anyway, so that's what I'll leave. I'll put that link in there. Check that out. But don't go nuts with this either, right? You don't need to spend right. all day journaling. And like I said, I don't do, I, I do long form entries when I have something in particular to do. But most of the time, my day's entries are just the gratitude stuff, my study notes from the morning, mm-hmm. and maybe one or two of the suggestions if we did something cool that day right and yeah. 
then my Sunday is the time for me. I probably take half hour, 45 minutes every Sunday to kind of work through that entry. Yeah. So, anyway, that's where I think I'd leave that. So. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. No, thanks for sharing that. And, and I can think of several people that I'm going to share this, this, uh, this, this video with. And uh, yeah, just being able to, it's, you know, especially attaching photos and stuff to it, it gives you uh, context to, you know, not only seeing that memory, but how you felt in that moment and things that were going on and their, their, their thoughts at that moment. It gives more of a context to a lot of these pictures and stuff that we take because everyone takes pictures with their phones. They're at dinner, snap a picture or whatever. But whenever you're ever going to look at that picture again, and uh, yeah, if it's included in your journal or something like that, it'll give you a reason to uh, to think back and, and to remember where you were at that point as far as, yep. you know, your headspace and stuff. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's really cool. All right, everybody. Thanks again for joining us for the two tech grumpy grandpas. Um, hopefully <laughs> journaling for me will help me be less grumpy. And uh, until next week, thanks for watching. Hit that subscribe, follow all that kind of stuff and share this with others and engage with us in the comments. We'd appreciate it. Yep. See you next week, guys.